world is going on in your subconscious mind and how can it be affecting the possibilities of your budget? Your conscious thoughts are telling you to own your finances, but your sneaky subconscious may be holding on to other outdated beliefs. On today's episode of the Budget Babe podcast, I'm going to discuss outdated beliefs that could be holding you back so you can confront them once and for all and be the boss of your budget. Welcome to the Budget Babe Podcast, where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. I'm your host, Ella, and I'm so excited to share with you. Thank you for joining me today on the Budget Babe Podcast. Those of you who follow me on Instagram know that I have an exciting announcement and I was going to wait until the end of the day, but I just felt like an eager child at Christmas and I'm going to go ahead and unwrap this announcement. So as you already know, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I certified to give personal financial advice beyond life best practices. In fact, the financial advisors that I personally know are not allowed to be on podcasts. Believe me, I've asked, um, be on social media or discuss any tactics on a public platform. But I have recently talked to my friends, Sarah and Bobby, who are financial advisors through Thrive at Financial. And as a Christmas gift to 10 of my listeners, I'm going to be partnering with them as Thrive at Financial treats you to a pedicure at Athenian Nail Bar in Nashville. While you get that free pedicure and enjoy your cocktail, Sarah and Bobby will be answering some of your top money questions regarding investments, retirement, and overall money management. This event's going to take place December 15th at 5.30 p.m. Please let me know at elleconomic at gmail.com if you're interested. I would love to see you there. Again, it's elleconomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C at gmail.com. I would love to see you there. There's only 10 spots available, so email me as soon as you can if you're available. It's also going to be socially distant. We're going to be wearing masks, and Athenian does a fantastic job of sanitizing and cleaning all the equipment. So that's the end of the show. Just kidding. That's not the end of the show. I'll go ahead and tell you guys, too, about what inspired this event because that's leading into this episode. Sarah, who's one of the financial advisors, and I, we had this conversation on why more women didn't want to discuss money or didn't want to have conversations about it, talk about negotiating, investing, talk about saving money. It's an uncomfortable conversation for some people. And we're not sure why, because women are more and more becoming the breadwinners, getting their education. Women are saving more money. Women are getting smarter with money. Women are seeking financial advisors, but they don't want to take ownership of that. How many of you, just like me growing up, were told to marry rich? I was. I was also, you know, I've had friends who know I'm single, try to set me up with people because they have great jobs. That's the first thing. Oh, they have a house and a great job. Guess what? I have a great job as well. There's this t-shirt that I bought for Small Business Saturday from Studio Goddess that says, I became the CEO that they told me to marry. I love the shirt the minute I saw it. And granted that I'm not a CEO, I do have ownership over my life my finances, and I'm doing pretty dang well for myself. So I ordered this shirt and I can't wait to wear it. 
I was having a conversation with a client this week and something else really important was brought to my attention. And that is how Hollywood portrays women with money. Think about it. You have most likely watched The Devil Wears Prada. If you haven't, I'm going to give you an overview. The devil in this movie is a wealthy and enormously successful woman named Miranda Priestly. Throughout the movie, it's clear that she is the executive. She's on top and she's a cold-hearted bitch. We also see that Miranda, while being successful, can't hold on to a marriage and doesn't know her own kids. Then enter Andrea and Hathaway's character. She comes to the company. She is sloppy. She doesn't fit in and she doesn't know a thing about fashion while working for a fashion magazine. Andrea does, however, have great friends and a nice boyfriend. Plot twist. Andrea becomes good at her job. She appeases Miranda, but cannot do this without upsetting her friends and losing her boyfriend. She watches Miranda portray a co-worker, finally decides to leave that awful job because being successful at this job took away her happiness, took away her friends, and made her boyfriend break up with her. While our conscious mind knows that it is possible and safe to have a successful career alongside people who love you, movies like this can create a deposit into the subconscious mind that successful women are cold and evil to others and don't have great relationships. We also see another subconscious, you know, subconscious lie in a lot of Disney movies that we all grew up watching. You see these powerful queens. They're evil, old, unattractive, and jealous of these namby-pamby princesses who are youthful, pretty, and eventually rescued by a rich prince to save their life. These are the movies I grew up watching, but I also grew up reading Harry Potter and Hermione's My Hero, so that helps a little bit. I also saw this meme on Facebook that I found hilarious because it was talking about the holiday movies you see on Lifetime and Hallmark. In these movies, typically you have a successful Sally. She lives in New York City. She's this rich, successful publicist. If you've ever worked in marketing communications, you know how unrealistic that is, but she gets she gets obligated and she has to spend time in with her family in her hometown of Poopville, North Carolina during the holidays. And while she's in Poopville, she meets this local hunk, Brad, who farms alpacas. And at first, she doesn't like Brad at all. But alas, a Christmas miracle happens, and she falls in love with Brad and his alpacas. She leaves that awful restraining job and lives a more happy life as she returns to Poopville, North Carolina, and markets his alpaca business. So what do you think movies like this do to your subconscious mind? Is Hollywood trying to tell us that women who have money are unhappy, that we have the wrong priorities in life, or we need a man to handle our money for us? Ooh, success. It's a trap, and you need a big, strong man or woman to save you from it. Don't get me wrong. Success is going to look different from all of us. For some women, being married to the alpaca farmer will make them happy. But why does our society put these hidden messages in our minds that successful women are bad and unhappy? Why does Hollywood subliminally tell women that they should not be independent, nor should they be rich? Let's look at another example. Let's look at women who are in politics, regardless of political affiliation and accomplishments. Every single female that I know of that holds an office, reports, the secretary of state, or works in anywhere in the political arena, at some point is referred to as a bitch or a Barbie. They could be both according to some sources. Not only 
do men try to undermine women who have different opinions than they do, but you see it from other women as well. I'm going to call it by its name and that's sexism. The mainstream media will even shame them along with any successful actress that has children and make sure they mention that they have a child and oh my gosh, they work while they have that child. Oh no. We see this time and time again with accomplished women in differing fields. You see that with Natalie Portman, who of course is an actress with a degree from Harvard. Elizabeth Warren, she's a law professor and a senator. And Sarah Blakely, who's a CEO, guess what? They have children, they have a successful career, and they make powerful decisions. So we know that this is possible. And we, as a society, need to normalize celebrating this instead of questioning them. Let's make it normal. Let's start having entrepreneur showers. Let's celebrate our friends. Let's celebrate their business anniversaries. Let's celebrate their promotions. Let's celebrate promotions, new businesses, any kind of achievement, getting MBAs. Let's celebrate that the same way we do our friends who are getting engaged and having babies. Let's celebrate it all. We're doing our best to live our best lives together. You too can build your empire, ace your finances, and live your best life whether that's single, whether that's married, whether that's child with children, whether that's not with children. Again, we have a new normal and we need to embrace it. If you have a daughter, I do suggest talking to her about the successful women in the public eye. Maybe watch Frozen or Brave because these are about fierce princesses that succeeded with their own abilities. I love Daenerys Targaryen. That's a bit mature for your kids. I also love Hermione Granger. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, she's a fictional woman. She was known for her wisdom and her bravery and her leadership. And while it's mentioned that she's attractive, she didn't want to be known for her looks. She also had platonic friendships with boys. That's something else we need to make normal. We need to make normal that we have friendships with men and not let those friendships get dissected by society. And women who've lived and learned know that it's necessary to have friends of the opposite sex. As Cheryl Sandberg said in her book, Lean In, she says, we need to be willing to sit at the table with those whose shoes we want to fill. And a lot of times those shoes we want to fill are shoes belonging to men. If you want to run for office, sign up and volunteer for a political campaign. If you want to move up with your company, hang out with people that are in that position. I'm going to discuss a different angle of where subconscious beliefs come from around money that are negative and outdated, but I'm going to do this right after I give my sponsor Anchor FM, a shout out. Back to the show. So we just covered how society tries to stigmatize women and money, creating some subliminal messages about women and money, making it look like women and men with money, making it look like it's a bad thing for women to be successful and have money. And it's most likely that we have these sneaky subconscious beliefs that we need to deal with and reset against us having money and we need to relearn them in our subconscious. We know in our conscience that, hey, it's okay to have it all, that our subconscious is telling us otherwise. So I'm going to talk about another way that the topic of money might make other people uncomfortable. So this is an example I have from growing up. So when I was in fourth grade and just when I was even younger than that, I always loved getting new outfits and I got hand-me-downs from my cousin Stacy. I loved it. She was five years older than me and she competed in pageants. So the clothes that I got from her were adorable. I felt like Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell, super fashionable. Well, I'll never forget one day in school, it was in fourth grade. I put on this pair of jeans and sweater that I got from her and I wore this outfit to school. 
I came off the bus and I noticed I was getting attention from girls in the sixth grade, popular girls in the sixth grade, might I add. They were eyeing my jeans. And this was long before I learned about labels, designers, and any kind of status of clothes. But for me, an outfit either looked great or it didn't. So one of the girls approached me and asked where I got a pair of guess jeans. We were living in Bristol, Virginia, and Bristol, Virginia, where I lived at the time, didn't have the greatest selection of shopping. And apparently having a pair of jeans branded by guess was a huge deal. So guess jeans were very popular in the 90s if you don't, if you haven't heard of the brand. But anyways, I that morning I got dressed and I thought I was putting on a simple pair of jeans, but little did I know these jeans had more meanings beyond keeping my legs warm. After being asked where I got these jeans, I confidently replied, hey, my cousin Stacy gave these to me. As you can imagine, sixth grade girls, the response changed drastically. The one girl, her voice tone changed. She went from being amazed to absolutely disgusted at me. As she asked me, she said, you mean you're wearing hand-me-downs? You can't afford to buy your own jeans? What? This red triangle on the back of my jeans somehow made me a hero to an absolute zero based on how I obtained them. The entire day and throughout the year, I was known for wearing hand-me-downs. I was ostracized. I was a freak. What I thought looked great on me and made me feel confident, somehow I should be ashamed to wear that. Was I less of a person because I had hand-me-down clothes? Absolutely not. I still love getting hand-me-down clothes. I was the girl that loves telling jokes. I love reading books. I love cheerleading. I love Saved by the Bell and pretending like I was Lisa Turtle or Cher Horowitz. But no, they thought I was pitiful because I didn't buy my clothes from the mall. And apparently not buying those clothes myself made me unworthy of having nice clothes. So in all honesty, I love those hand-me-downs better than the clothes that I bought myself. But how is what I'm wearing taking a whole new meaning? I'm supposed to spend ludicrous amounts of money on clothes to look good when we know that is not the case. But somebody had told those girls in sixth grade or led them to believe that I had to buy them to look good at them. And I know my story is probably a typical scenario for a young adolescent girl growing up, but what I'm going to share with you is the subconscious beliefs against having hand-me-downs and that I had to spend a lot of money to look good. They were in my mind until my my 20s, my late 20s. I feel like the only way I could get ahead in life or to impress people or to make friends is if I wore certain brands. And you know what? I also thought I had to impress people for them to be my friends. When in reality, people connect with you and how they relate to you, not if you impress them or not. And throughout our whole lives, we're witnessing this illusion of status. Status, it is an illusion. Again, I'm going to say it. Status is an illusion. But we witness this and we get caught up in it. We hear others becoming impressed by how much money someone has, what part of town they live in, how they dress. But we also question people who are successful. I've heard people saying things like, I don't know why she lives in an apartment with the salary that she has. Or I'll hear phrases like, why did she buy a used car when we knew she could afford a new one? Then for me, I often get asked, well, why are you saving for your MBA? You should buy a house instead. Even other acquaintances um, who don't even know me that much will question me. On the other hand, I hear people judging other people's spending. Like, 
why in the world is she buying in a thousand dollar handbag or they don't earn that much. Why are they traveling to Europe? Why are they doing this? Why do we question what other people are doing with their, with their money? It's none of our business. And what you're doing with your money is nobody else's business. While we all want money, should we judge anyone's character based upon it? Absolutely not. In fact, I think having more money and finding more ways to make it will help you become more generous. It'll give you the right to be more generous or give you a right to transfer energy, to support small businesses, to give to the homeless, to give to your favorite charity. Money is what the energy that you put behind it. That's what money is. It's simply an energy. It's not good or bad. It is what you put into that money, what the outcome comes from that money that can be good or bad. Money itself, again, I'll say it again, it is an energy. Reasons why I've mentioned this on this episode is people are so uncomfortable discussing finances, but do we really have a logical reason to be uncomfortable discussing it? I read this article from US Bank and it was released on March 5th in 2020. And they surveyed over 3,000 women only to find that a majority of women they surveyed that not only a majority, a majority of women that they surveyed prefer to leave influence and money decisions on the table. They broke this down stating that over half the women they surveyed felt less confident in their abilities to handle money, while a majority stated that they did value financial security. So let's go back on this. The women want, women want financial security, but they don't want to handle it themselves. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. But over half the women surveyed, they didn't believe in their own ability to manage money for themselves. The article did acknowledge that 73% of women under 35 are working with financial advisors, but that's still low compared to the men at 83%. So why why are women so unconfident, so not unconfident, uncomfortable around money? And it goes back to the subconscious beliefs. So this this article itself, it tells me that women in general are still subscribing to the outdated and limited beliefs around the abilities and rights to manage their finances. Again, that's what inspired the podcast. If you're a man listening to this podcast, you may also have some limiting beliefs in your subconscious that are keeping you from owning your money, from believing in yourself and your ability to manage the money. The best way that I've learned to tackle these beliefs is to identify those beliefs, any subconscious beliefs that you have, identify them without judgment, and then rewrite the script. I rewrote the script of believing that I had to spend an exorbitant amount of money on outfits by letting myself know that I can look great in anything I choose to wear. And most people are too busy worrying about themselves and worrying about what I'm wearing. I use fashion as a way to express my individuality and my own presence. Fortunately for me, on the subconscious belief against women having money and being successful, that women are evil as successful. I was actually raised by a successful woman. My mom was a human resources director. So I did get to see early in life that women can still do well in the workplace, still be wonderful mothers, and still be surrounded by people who love them. For, for this, I know today that I'm capable of success and I found it easy to identify the subliminal messages in the world against female success. Whether you're a man or woman, again, think about what's limiting some conscious beliefs, maybe holding you back. You could journal it. Look at it this way. Your mind is like a Microsoft computer. You may be working and focused on one project, 
but you have many tabs open or website history that is slowing your project down. Find out what those tabs are and you want to close them. You want to rewrite the narrative. One book I strongly recommend, I've talked about it on the show before. This won't be the last time I talk about this book, but it's called You Are a Badass by You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And I'm going to tell you, after I read this book, I personally became absolutely stunned and proud of myself as I saw my sales numbers growing up, as I saw more financial opportunities come and open for me, more ways to make money, side hustles. I saw it show up for me in many different ways. And it also taught me that just like a relationship with a friend, you have to identify and cultivate your relationship with money. You have to see it that way. You have to spend out saving money. You have to respect your money. And bottom line on all of this is that you can change your subconscious mind on money. You can change your entire mind on money. And therefore, you can change your life with your money. I'm going to conclude this episode by thanking you guys so much for listening. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, my handle is Ella Konomic. And also feel free to reach out to me through Instagram or through my email. If you are in Nashville and listening, I hope you can join me for a free pedicure and cocktails and get some of that money advice on the 15th of December. As always, I love sharing with you guys. I enjoy recording these podcasts and sharing with you each and every week. But if you have any suggestions, let me know. Until next time, love you guys. Hey again, it's Ella from Budget Babe Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a review, letting me know what you think. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Ella Konomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. I would love to connect with you and hear what you think. Thanks again.